Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Face Palm America. I'm Beowulf Rockland. FacepalmAmerica.com is where you can find out more information about the show. Listen to past episodes, interact with us on social media, and uh, as always, you can call us or message us at 202-656-6271 if you would like to interact with us. And I, I do have a message uh, at the end of the show that that I will read that, that we got. But first of all, um, I, I want to talk about talking to folks, talking to folks, particularly across the aisle or across the uh, political spectrum. It's it's something that I think is really important to do. I was raised in a conservative family, as longtime listeners know. I was also raised in a very liberal area in, in the place that I grew up was Marin County, California, in the San Francisco Bay Area. And so I had a lot of experience reaching across the aisle because I just had no other choice growing up. I had to in order to survive in the environment that I did. And I've, I've come to realize, given that perspective, that, that it's, it's really critical that, that the people that we think are just horribly atrocious in terms of their politics – are are often people that we have an enormous amount in common with. And so I have uh, invited on the program today Egberto Willis. He is a political activist. He's an author. He's a radio show host. We like that in this neck of the woods. He's also the author of a book which you should check out, and that is It's Worth It, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors. Egberto, welcome to Face Palm America. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much. It's my honor to be here, Senor Rochlin. How are you doing this morning? <laughs> doing, doing very well. Thank you so much. Now you're you're out of Texas, so so you must like employ the strategies in your book uh, on on a regular basis. Yes, actually, I must. It's interesting because I live in Harris County, Texas, mm-hmm. which is a bellwether county. It's a blue county surrounded by red counties, yeah. and it turns out that I am living in the very reddest part of Harris County, which is very, very red. It's where uh, Ted Cruz comes to raise money, etc. Uh-huh. Okay, so you're in a red so, part uh, of a blue county in a red state. Exactly. So I am the and, I am the inverse. I am uh, in Southern Oregon, 
So I, mm-hmm. I, I am in, but I'm in like a sort of liberal part of the county that I live in. So I'm in a blue part of a red county in a blue state. So we're amazing. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I would take yours be- better than mine. I mean, I, I would much prefer yours. Right. But as it turns out, we, well, you we can go see baseball are. games. So you have an advantage over me. Well, that's, that's <laughs> with, with, without that's driving, true. That's without true. driving five hours. So, and that's true. And you know, we, you know, the, the, the Astros won their, their, their division. So it's okay. Well, as you can see from my hat, I have, I, I, I've shed a lot of tears this yes. season, yes. given that we're the, the, the A's are the absolute worst team in, in baseball. And, and more to the point, they have the absolute worst owners as they're being stolen away to Las Vegas. But I'll leave that for another show. Yes. But as it turns out, yes, I do live in a, in a very red area in a yeah. blue county. And most of the people that I interact with in this part of town, they are actually very conservatives, some of them very MAGA. Yeah. And the question is, do I do I hate these people? No. Do I talk to these people? Of course. Do we have good conversations? Of course. I from the time I moved here, you know, my daughter was six years old. I had to yeah. interact with all these families then. So, you know, it is something that you do for to, to to have life more pleasurable. But not only that, I realized a long time that the differences that we have with regards to ideology and politics, etc., really isn't real it is something imposed on us for an ulterior motive yeah and once you get all of that and that's what i use the book for i use the book as sort of a a, a way of of showing showing a whole lot of the, the the politics of progressives and i know a lot of the the right wingers who've read the book have said wow those are th- those are not things that i would not want to do those are not things that i hate yeah. So what is the problem, really? The problem is the externalities that's kind of driving us apart. Right. We're being atomized in a very deliberate way. We're being siloed from one another. It's not just random that we have, like, for example, the media silos that we have that, you know, one group of mm-hmm. us watches MSNBC and another group watches Fox News. Those were created you know, or evolved in, in, in a pretty deliberate way so that, like, we're rooting for opposite teams whereas if you look at like what we actually want what are the things that we want in our lives like for the most part we're gravitating towards the same stuff like there's a i forget uh, where it comes from but there's polling i know out there that says 70 percent of us want medicare for all now there aren't 70 yes. percent democrats in this country that means that they're they're good portion of republicans who want that same thing. And and yet, you know, yes. so we should be talking to each other about this. We can for, have, make common cause around this. You know, interestingly, I have a story, a Medicare for all story to tell. And I, I, yeah. I recount that in the book. And it turns out I'm sitting down and I, I write all my books in, in, in Starbucks. I write my blogs in Starbucks or used to before mm-hmm. the pandemic. Yeah. I would sit down there and I would be in Starbucks seven to 10 hours a day. Mm-hmm. And they call it my second office. And this woman, she comes in all of the time and, you know, she finally got the courage to sit down next to me and ask me, what do I do? I explained to her that I'm a writer, that I have a radio host, I, you know, I told her a few things. Mm-hmm. And we, I don't remember how the stuff gravitated towards healthcare, but she was really upset with her insurance company, et cetera. So I started to work on an exercise and in, in which, and, you know, I've explained this in different forms before, but 
I started asking her a question, leading questions, of course, as far as what she would want. So I am describing things that she wants and that she, God, if it just worked like that, it would be great. Yes, that's what we want. And then she started having ideas. And I am starting to feel guilty now because this woman, it's a, you know, middle-aged white woman. Yeah. And I know I because of the area that I live in, I know she thinks she's talking to this conservative black dude, right? Right. So she's comfortable and all that sort of a thing talking and we're getting down. And I'm feeling guilty now because I felt like she was just eating out of the palm of my hand. So I said, right. ma'am, I just want to say one thing. I am a very liberal guy, probably the likely the most progressive person in Kingwood. <laughs> and she her eyes opened wide and she turned cherry red and said, But you are so nice. Yeah. And when uh. he said that, I, I repeat this story every time because every time somebody hears it, your reaction is a reaction I get. Yeah. So I finished and I told her, look, ma'am, we don't have horns, right? Mm-hmm. And then I said there's a group around here called Liberal Ladies Who Lunch. You should have <laughs> lunch with them sometimes. Yeah. And you'll find out that, you know, you you have more in common. And, and so, But, you know, she was, even after that, she was totally convinced. I don't know what happened when she went home, but yeah. she was totally convinced that Medicare for All is actually something that she would want. And it's not the caricature that she heard on Fox News, you know? It is something that actually makes fiscal sense. And the truth of the matter is Medicare for all is really, if you really want to talk about conservatism, that would be a conservative idea, not because government is running it, but because Medicare for all says that that we, all of us put our money to pay for something that the private sector is a is a party off to provide service to you. Yeah. Nothing, you know, it's amazing. It's fiscally you know? conservative because it wastes less. That's supposed to be what conservatism is about. Yes, yes. And so she got it. This woman got it. Because when I would say things like, you know, and they'll say I, I used to I told her, if I gave you a, a dollar to pay my bills and you said no, for me to pay that dollar bill for you, you have to give me another twenty-eight or thirty cents more. Mm. to pay me 30 cents on every dollar you want me yeah. to pay. Would you pay for you? That's, that's ridiculous, she says. I'm like, that is what we do right now. You yeah. know, and it's even worse when you add all the incidentals. And she got it. And the thing about it is people get this, but we don't have a media like yours right. explaining it because they they have other interests. Think about all the drug companies that are, that are interviewing, that are, Right. Paying for those uh, ads, you know, and and think about the word media too, because like that's like that's the root of the word mediate, and that's kind of what these powerful companies and powerful individuals are trying to do. They're trying to mediate right. the conversation between us and them, and you and me. They want to get in the middle, and they want to direct the flow of the conversation in a way that's going to be beneficial to them. But if we go around that if we eliminate the the middleman then we can have direct conversations with ourselves we can talk talk to each other and realize that yeah we might have some differences but ultimately they're they're not that great and we all want the same basic fundamental things we want to be able to pay the bills and not 
struggle 24-7 and to be able to take care of our families and to, you know, to have some time left over to to enjoy being in the presence of, of our, our friends right. and family and relatives. We, we all want those things. And when we talk to each other, when we engage, it it we find those things out. And so I think there's there's an inherent interest, unfortunately, in the system, the way it is set up now of keeping up separate, keeping us right. atomized, keeping us apart from one another and and viewing one another through lenses that greatly distort who the other side is. And that's and that's that's true, you know, looking at the left. And, you know, I catch myself doing it all the time, engaging in, in caricatures of, of people on the right. And it's an easy uh, thing to do, but you have to be aware of it, and I have to stop myself sometimes because it really is important to to talk with folks. It, I mean, it's always we're social beings. That's who we are. Mm-hmm. I mean, how how many how many like since that time, like like what what's kind of your standard procedure for engaging with someone that you are pretty sure is is not necessarily going to agree with you politically. The, the thing that I do the most of is listen. In other words, I'll go out there and even if I start a conversation where I say something that I know this person thinks they don't, they don't agree with, I, I, I would say it and then I'd let them talk and I'd let them talk and I'd let yeah. them talk. And after I'm hearing them talk, I then start to ask questions. And interestingly, because I'm at, first of all, because I've given them the honor of listening to them uninterruptedly in other words if you go to my my radio show a lot of times people my some of my progressive audience get mad at me because i let these people talk and talk and talk yeah and the reason why is i want to let them know they're not that they're being heard right so they're being heard then i start asking questions based on what they've said and the mere fact that i'm asking questions on things that they've said yeah. That gives me some more respect with them because it's like, my God, the guy was actually listening to me. Right. So I'm asking questions of what he said. And ironically, many times these questions, sometimes leading, will have them come into a progressive position. Yeah. Because that progressive position is if when you do the polls, it's actually what people want. We're not going to get there on abortion. We're not going to get there on these types of social issues that really don't have a wrong or a right. But this is my fundamental belief. But one yeah. plus one will always equal two. Yeah, the vast sure majority of things always- we can always I mean, like when it comes to like living our lives and surviving and, and getting by. And, and you see, to my mind, that is why so much of the media and politics is focused on those cultural separating, mm-hmm. dividing issues because right. because it's to the benefit of powerful people to keep us separate and keep us divided and focus on those issues and put less emphasis on the economic issues, which are fundamentally where they derive their power from. And we mm-hmm. could be deriving our power from in terms of just taking care of ourselves, just right. getting what's necessary in order to, to, to get by and survive and, and, and be comfortable because that's, mm-hmm. th- th- that is what we need. And there could still be, you know, ri- rich people, uh, you know, in, in, in abundance, but we're all richer when we, when we're all doing well. 
And to reach across the aisle like that, I think, is is just a really fundamental part of that. And I want to say it again. The book is It's Worth It, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and, and Neighbors. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Now, this is complicated when there's family involved because it, it goes back even further. And, you know, it's a little bit different in, in every situation. But are there any special approaches that you take when it's a member of your family, somebody that you've known for a long time, and you have to be particularly careful, perhaps, in order not to, you know, st- step on any uh, toes or any long standing you know, family feuds or anything like that? Yeah, it is something that I learned over time. And, you know, it's something that you just have to learn to do. Let me just give you my demographic. My little sister is, I think I would call her a Catholic. Mm -hmm. My older sister is an evangelical Christian and MAGA. My mother is a Mormon. That tells you disparity, you know, so when, and my father, before he died, was like me, pretty much a humanist. Yeah. Okay, so when we have Christmas, it's kind of interesting, right? Because yeah. the thing about it is, we could sit down there and argue about why the Mormons think this and why Catholicism, AME is the church my my younger sister's in, yeah. and why the you know why why the evangelicals think this way. Well, the truth of the matter is, we sit down there and we don't discuss that religion necessarily around dinner in a group, mm-hmm. but individually, I tell you what how I've done it with an older sister that was into the, the MAGA world, if you will. Yeah. I l- looked at her and I made it sure that I made sure to let it be known that I will never allow a politician to get involved in between the relationship that we have, whether yeah. we agree or disagree and stuff. And I, I, I put that out in from day one. In other words, a politician who doesn't give a darn about neither you or me, will I allow to go ahead and mess up our relationship so we can argue, we can talk and all this kind of stuff, but you are my forever sister. I love you. It's not going to change. Now, there are certain things, however, that are material or or have material effects. And we went through that with the pandemic, that the the Trumpist people were completely against the vaccine, et cetera, et cetera. I had a choice to make. 
then what do I do about the parts of my family that that would say I'm not going to take the vaccine or knowing yeah. that they're completely misled? I looked at my sister straight up. Well, actually, by phone. And yeah. I said, look, I don't care what you believe right now. But if you love your brother, I'm asking you a favor. Yeah, I'm asking you a favor. Please do this. If not for you, do it for me. Yeah. And that was the that was the method that we use as far as her. And I think she did because I, I, I get in the vaccine that her people were pretty much fighting against. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I felt the same way when early in the pandemic, uh, my mom, she eventually got the 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 vaccine but she was reluctant to do it at first and until she did i i did not feel you know comfortable driving and and taking my kids to for, for a visit i just i i, I right. couldn't do that and so it was kind of my dad was uh, was was more open to it he got it first and so it, it kind of worked out but it it, it required engagement and it and it right it, and, you, and you can't just say Really, I don't know to to anyone at a certain point, but especially to your your parents or your relatives or your loved ones. If you don't do this, I'm just like, there's no chance I'm ever gonna like like see you mm-hmm. again. You you ha- you have to interact and you have to negotiate and you have to like persist and you have to engage. Right. And it's not uh, an easy, straightforward process all of the time. But but the main thing is that you keep the door open. The main thing is that you you keep talking, and that seems to be your overriding point. Whether you're talking about friends or family or neighbors, oh, is I, engage. Absolutely, and and like I said, and I have told this to friends as well. If I've I've known somebody for twenty years, and this person have gone complete maga, and I I would be like, you know, I remember telling a, a person once, I said, "Brother, I know that you are not a racist, and the, but I but." But remember what you're if it weren't me, it were somebody else or other folks. That is what they would think of you for embracing this guy when you know what he stands for. And then you call yourself. So I I, look, I accept you. I continue to accept you as my friend. I'm not going to let a politician get involved with us. But realize that when you get out of this fog I I must remind you of what can happen. And by the way, you will owe me a forgiveness sometime when I screw up. Yeah. And, and somehow that. that <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Absolutely. We, we have to have that amount of grace with with each other to to for forgive us our trespasses as, as we forgive those who trespass against us. We, mm-hmm. We've got to have some margin for error error because we're not perfect. You know, I mean, like, you know, wherever we fall down on the political spectrum, you know, we have to like, yeah, we do stupid things. And yeah, we like we overreact and we all do that. And we have to like at a certain point realize we got to take a step back. We got to breathe and say, okay, let me correct that. Let me like, you know, let let me understand that like any everybody else is basically kind of in that same place. And so let me Absolutely. like, like if they do something which is patently offensive to me, you know, I don't have to, you know, lay down the law and shut them out forever. It's possible to heal that and it's possible to to repair that. And it's possible to have a, to a, certain, a certain amount of flexibility with folks. And I think that, that it's so important. And, and in an era where a lot of the times we're just shouting into the, the void, 
Mm-hmm. It's it's and you know ranting and raving because that's what gets the most views and the most hits and so forth. It's difficult to remember that sometimes. You know, it's it's interesting to me, and I bring it up with you in particular because because you do radio in addition to mm-hmm. talking, and it seems to me like there's a dimension to that. I know that online stuff and videos and podcasts can be interactive too, but I grew up listening to talk radio where the key thing was people calling in and giving their opinions and having a a back and forth between people, you know, predating even the the Rush Limbaugh era, where people would call in and interact and give their opinions. And it was not necessarily the case that you just got shut down all the time. It was not necessarily to prove a point. You had to interact and you had to acknowledge and validate somebody else's opinion and hear their actual voice. And I think that's something that often the internet misses as much as I love it. And I, and I think it's a great way of connecting and communicating. What do you think about the difference? Like in terms of like interacting, because it's uh, you, you, something that you said about your show is that you spend a lot of time listening. And I think that is so important in a way like talk radio, even though it's kind of like (laughs) fading into a medium of the past had that capacity in a big way. And, and I, I, I guess I'm wondering how we make, corrections for to open that door still in a way that so easily channels us down the rabbit hole of folks shouting at each other how do we continue to listen how do we can in 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 that digital and mediated way that channels us in in all sorts of bad directions i do 10 shows a a week five at six in the morning where i am on i'm actually on air yeah and i get regular pots call regular plain old telephone gotcha. calls people call in and gotcha. we, ex- we exchange at three o'clock i have my internet show mm-hmm. but technology is a great thing now I've, I've added on a product that allows people to either call in or come in as well i don't have the buy-in yet because the people who listen to the Mm-hmm. show over the internet they're so used to typing their messages yeah. so the interaction is still real time yeah that i that i interact with them real time but sometimes you want to hear a voice and and some of them are learning now hey we can actually call into the online show right now yeah. either from our telephones or from some skype or or or, or something else by just hitting the button uh, that's where I want to get. I want to get yeah. to a position where all those typers can t- continue typing. But at the same time, I want to hear people who want to have a voice immediately to counter my voice yeah. come in. And, and we do have a few of those that happen periodically. But, you know, it is something that what you said is so important. I think for what we need to add to that, that the value we add from being real time live is immediately having that back and forth with the people listening in real time because you know the way spans are attention spans are it goes away pretty quickly and if you can capture some of these things in a moment so that the the audience in general because again like your both your audience and mine i'm I'm pretty sure you get most of your listens and views etc with somebody picking you up on a podcast because yeah, that's, that's where right. I get most of my yeah, yeah absolutely. Somebody later on download a podcast and 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 that's how they absorb it. So when you have that 
live person interacting with you, yeah. they add to that. They add to the podcast because now that person feels it's not just me talking at them, yeah. but there's a conversation going on. You and I need to have a conversation off the air about like, you know, because I, I want to incorporate that seriously, like into the way right. that, that, that I do my show. In addition to all the things you're talking about, your your book in, right. in, 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 in my life, because like there are ways that people can uh, access the show and call in, but they're kind of mediated and they're not live in the same way that you have set up. So we should. We should talk about right. that so that because I, I want to get that, too. And I want to I want to I like pick we'll your, talk about that. Sure. I, I want to pick your brains about that. But but I'm, I'm just so pleased that you have put this together, because I think especially well, on the left and the right. I mean, we, we, we need to talk to each other more. But I think there is a lot of reaction from folks on the left. And it's completely understandable because there really are a lot of like horrible things and a lot of horrible things that people say. But, you know, still, we have to understand that that often comes from a place of confusion. It comes from a place of, of, of pain. And you still have to engage and, and acknowledge the humanity of the people that you're, that you're hearing. And that's and right. and that that is a fundamental basis to me for for everything else. If we, if we don't have that, we don't have a society, and we have to have a society if we're going to, you know, continue living, and uh, you know, in 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 the way that we, in the way that we have, in the way that will, like holds us together, and keeps us you know surviving and comfortable and going for the future. So. Egberto Willis, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being here. Again, the book is It's Worth It, and it is How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors. Where can people find out more about the book and more about what you do? Sure, you can go to politicsdoneright.com slash books to get the book. Again, that is politicsdoneright.com slash books. That's where you can find the, that book and a few others that I that I have on compare, you know, uh, complementary subjects. And if you want to uh, visit my blogs, you can go to egbertowillies.com, egbertowillies.com. And of course, the site for all our radio shows is politicsdoneright.com without the slash books for that gives you the entire site. Awesome. Politicsdoneright.com. Please go there. Please visit. Please listen to the show. Please read the book. And please reach out to someone that you may disagree with in the course of your day, in the course of this week. You might find that you make a friend and you might find that you, you know, make some progress for things in your community. Egberto Willis, thank you again so much for being with us on Face Palm America. It's been my honor to be with you, sir. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be back with a message from a listener. This is Face Palm America. I'm Beowulf Rocklin. Face Palm America. I'm Beowulf Rocklin, and we do have a message from a listener. If you would like to send one, or if you would like to speak on the program, you can message or call us at 202-656-6271. One listener emails this because it has been a while since I'd been on. And they didn't email it. They texted 202-656-6271. 
Welcome back, Beowulf. I have enjoyed the interview episodes you have done. In the meantime, corporate death penalty, and this is referring to the episode that we did on the corporate death penalty and the possibility that it might be imposed on the Trump organization. I believe there are thousands of service and product providers that have been ripped off, bullied, or shortchanged by Trump over his lifetime. These people are finally getting their retribution, as the Don puts it. As far as Amazon, Google, and other large monopolies, there are probably millions of small businesses and innovators who have been crushed by these giants and now get their retribution. Well, I, I hope that comes to pass. It, we're, we're keeping our fingers crossed. I don't know if the, the FTC is going to go that far, hopefully, but again, I'm not holding my breath. I would not call it a death penalty for monopoly breakups. It is more a genesis of a new business and innovation, and that's that's a good distinction. It reopens the markets on fair and competitive business. This is what occurred when Ma Bell, AT&T, was broken up. Side note on Amazon, I have said for years that the original Amazon missed its chance. Go to the early, mid-1900s uh, and look at a Sears catalog. Like Amazon, you could just order about anything, even a car, a tractor, or a house. Be well, and thank you. And thank you for uh, listening to Face Palm America, and thank you for messaging us. We also have someone messaging about the deal that avoided a government shutdown over the weekend, and that is Victor. Victor says, all I can say about the quote-unquote deal is BFD. And I think that's short for, you know, some naughty words. We just do it again on November the 14th, not a very funny joke. And, you know, you're kind of right. I don't know if you saw pictures over the weekend of uh, Chuck Schumer giving a thumbs up, but this really means nothing. We've got to put in place something that stops right-wing nut jobs from threatening to shut down our government. This has got to come to an end. This doesn't do anybody good except the extremists. Thank you for listening today. I'm Beowulf Rockland. This is Face Palm America. Please share this episode with a friend. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you could do that. And until next time, enjoy the day.